Welcome everyone, Call It In The Ring Media presents Squared Circle Rewind, episode 133, where we are reviewing WWF In Your House 14, Revenge of The Taker. I'm your host, Jesse, and I will be joined by Dave and Ben shortly. As always, we will be doing our match reviews and giving our war course of the night and tool of the night. Ben will have his beneficial facts, and Dave's body slam will be talking about a sticking out movement that has taken the wrestling world by storm. Enjoy! Alright, so this body slam is not going to be a positive one. Positive or fun. Or fun. Yes. A lot of emotions the last, I'm going to say, four or five days, I think I started tweeting you. Or not Ang- tweeting you anger guys, Anger being one of them. Sending you guys messages from Twitter with the hashtag speaking out. And as a result of that, there's been numerous accusations towards a lot of wrestlers. It started off in British wrestling. That's where the trend started. And then it just rippled into North America, Japan, everywhere. And then now it's gone from like sexual um, situations to bullying and hazing. And furthermore, so there's a lot of stories. There's a lot that are very hard to finish reading. Because as soon as you start getting into the details, you're just like, this is intense. Like, for example, Joy Ryan. Yeah. I and feel like we're, we're not going to get into details. No. If you, if you want to read about this, go on to Twitter. It's you can everywhere. find everything you want. We're not going to... We all read all these stories, but we're not going to repeat them here because not it's... Not hard to find. Yeah, it's not... All you got to do is go to Twitter and put in hashtag speaking out, and you'll have a constantly refreshing feed. Mm-hmm. Like, people are sharing stories, and... People are sharing other people's stories. Like it's just, it's, it's. I'm glad it's happening, though. I'm glad it's happening because I understand the psychology of being within the business in the sense of you don't want to look like you are weak because it's an industry to which you know that you have to be strong and you have to have an ego. You know, there's a lot of black cloud with the industry. It always has been, which is not an excuse at all. So I'm, I'm very. Uh, first, I want to say I'm proud for all the women and the men who have been sharing. Because, not because I understand, but I understand that it was probably hard and scary to share. Even if it happened 10 years ago, it's still going to be hard. Because, you know, people are always saying, well, this happened 10 years ago, just get over it. That's not easy if you're traumatized. That's, that's, that's not a, how... Um, <laughs> that's not that, how the brain works. Yeah, and that, that's also not how healing works. No, you have like, to... You don't, just, you don't just, like, push it down and be like, well, it's been... There's no statute of limitations no. on how you feel. Like, when people say that, I'm just like, what the fuck? Like, You're part of the problem. This person had a traumatic experience. And part of the way to heal, which has been proven through many different studies, is to talk about it and talk through it. That's why they have psychologists. Exactly. And for, for people to come out and say it was in the past, leave it in the past, well, then you're just going to be carrying baggage your entire life. That's not how it works. To get better as a society... We have to see what happened in the past and and talk it through and and that way we get over it or, or come to understand it or whatnot. Not just push it down and just be like, eh, it's fine, it's in the background. Yeah, not that's only, not what works. And there's been studies also that if you actually just push it down and you don't talk about it and you do just leave it in the past, that actually there are studies that have that have been shown that actually does more damage yeah, you, psychologically long term. Sure. Well, not only that, but can you imagine being 
abused, hurt by someone, and then seen that person become successful. Yeah. And there's like no accountability. Yeah. There's no. That's there's no tough. justice. That'd be tough to see. So yes. it's like I can I could not imagine being in a position where someone violates me or traumatizes me, and I see them successful, and I'm grieving. Mm-hmm. And I'm, yep. I'm frustrated and, and angry. And, and you're pressured in that grieving to not say anything. Yeah, because, don't say anything. Because in that industry, you gotta just don't. You just gotta look the other way, which is not right for any fucking industry. Like it's not right for humans at all. Like period. people saying that, like, <laughs> oh, it's just uh, boys being boys, or that's what wrestling is. That's not what wrestling should be. That's not a good thing. Yes, like the stories from the '80s are better than. Like, like, like the... In regards to, like, the in-ring product. No, no, like, I'm, I'm in regards to, like, like the partying stories. Oh, like, gotcha, not, okay. Not the, like, the story about how uh, Vince was partying with the boys in the bar, and then Jim, the anvil, and Bret Hart did the heart attack to him in the bar. You know, that shit doesn't happen today. I get that, the stories. But you know what? I would rather everyone on, like, to... I'd rather not have those stories and everyone in, in on the roster be healthy and happy and not have to deal with fucking sexual abuse or bullying or any of that shit. Like that, like, enough of this. Just enough. If it's, Don't be a fucking asshole. That's it. What does this really have to do with wrestling? They just happen to be professional wrestlers. Yes. But outside of that, it's not yeah. even about wrestling. Now it's just you being a douchebag yeah. and a complete fucking, like, cancer to society. I think that's what it reminded me, too, when they said, like, oh, it's the industry. Well, that means... That's such a cop. The way you're saying that is that all wrestlers are sexual abusers. That's not the case. That's not the case at all. Mm -hmm. What it is, is, fuck, these guys are fucking assholes, and it doesn't matter what they do. Joey Ryan would have done this if he was in another job. For all we know, he has. Yeah. Like, considering all the stories that are coming out. Because, like, when you do that stuff, it's not because I'm a pro wrestler, I can do this. No, it's because you think you're, uh, like, you've got power over somebody, you can do this. That's that's what it is. And it's so funny that we have this uh, Bella Let's Talk once a year. Fuck, it should be Bella Let's Talk every fucking day. I guarantee the people who are defending, protecting the industry, or the people in the industry, they probably do a lot of texting on the, on the mental health day. Yeah. But now it's like, now we actually need you to support. And people are like uh, saying things to the extent of, well, we need proof. Excuse me? You're asking a person who is traumatized. They're, they're giving, for proof for what? They're giving you their proof. That, that's they're what telling they're you a story. They're, st- they're telling you what happened. And then that's they say, the well, they get the police involved. Like, what proof do you need? And why do you yeah. need to be proven anything to? Yeah. Like, and, in this situation, and you we know, have one thing to do. So Listen. people, let's say, like, get the police involved. You don't think they might have tried that at one point? How many cases are we, are we aware of that people have involved the police, and the police did something about it, but then the justice system fails later on? People that say you need proof, those people, I say, shut the fuck up. This person <laughs> went through something. Be empathetic with them. Sympathetic with them. Support them. Like, don't, by saying, like, where's the proof, you're siding with the abuser. That's like a that, huge problem. Basically, that that, you're basically you're, saying they're almost lying. Yeah, you're victim blaming, I think, or victim yeah. shaming. Victim I don't know shaming, what, I don't know victim what the term shaming is. Sense, yeah. Like, it's fucked up. Yeah. It's so fucked um, up. This Just, is, why? Like, I remember I, t- I was having a conversation with someone on Twitter, and, and I said, this is why they don't speak up. Yeah. Because when they do, they're forced to be silent longer. Like, oh, we don't believe you. Or, this person's a celebrity, and we respect him more. And that's why I wanted to also say that there's two ways of respecting people. There's the there's the career, the professional, and then there's the personal. 
Like, for example, uh, someone shared a tweet about Ric Flair. Okay, so his contributions to the wrestling industry, highly respected. Cannot be denied. Cannot be denied. In that room. But, but that doesn't give him stories, license to be a fucking exactly, asshole Exactly. Based the on ring. the stories that are being released now, it's like, well, his contributions to the wrestling industry should not play anything because his contribution as a, as a human being is the most important. Well, look at the... There's a story about the uh, plane ride from hell where he was basically butt naked and he just had his robe on and he was swinging his dick around at stewardesses. Yeah, that, that's the And story. that's well documented. Yeah. Yep. And there's been many people I've told that story. It's just like, but... It's the industry. is their, their first uh, cop-out. Like, that's the that, first that's, thing they say. That's awful. Um, so with the... You know the Black Lives Matter movement that's going on and people are saying it's not enough to be not racist, you have to be anti-racist. Well, it's the same thing with this. It's not enough to just be not abusive. Be anti-abusive. If you see shit, speak up, people. Like, it happened to these women and to some men in the Cornet and, uh, what's his wife's name, Sin or something? I can't remember. I think Stacy or Susan. No, I thought of her stage name. I think. Oh, Sid. stage name. Sorry, I don't remember that. I didn't see her name. Um, but if you know that your friend has been abused, as a friend, speak out on their behalf, please. Get his back. You know the 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 problem. Like like people come and saying like, well, it's been ten years. You know, move on. Well, no, that's not how it works. And and as as friends of these people, help them get through this faster. Help them come to grips with it. And help them confront these fucking assholes and that the assholes get punished for what they do. Well, and not only that, but when they say it's been 10 years, let it go, you're letting a suspect go. Like, you're just saying, oh, it's okay that there's yeah, a there's, there's a statute. There's a statute of limitations on being a prick. Yeah, like... And being an abuser and being a rapist and here, stuff in some of these cases. Like, here in Canada, fuck. Here in Canada, as per the law, you have seven years to open a case. Yeah. So if the eighth year hits, what do you do, right? Well, yep. you, you figure a way to get it doesn't make it any less you go for a civil lawsuit, you do something. Yeah, but do, that doesn't mean that like seven years <laughs> in one day that suddenly like your mind goes blank and you forget all about the trauma. That's not how it fucking so works. Men in black come along yeah. with the whole thing. <laughs> Will, Will Smith there? So from here on, what we need to do is create a culture where speaking up is normalized. It's encouraged. It's the, it's yes. the thing to do. You know what the other thing is? Everyone in the world, just stop being a fucking asshole. You're not entitled to fucking anything. If a girl tells you no, you don't grab their hand and put it on your dick. That's not how life should work. Respect their fucking opinions. I can't believe that I have to say this in 2020. I cannot believe I have to say this shit. It's so stupid. It just gets me so fucking angry. <laughs> so fucking angry. I mean, like... All three of us were talking off air here. None of us understand how a guy can even... We're all males. We don't understand how a guy can think that way that if a girl turns them down, that now they're entitled to, like, pressure her into something. Like how We've you? all been turned down by girls. We never, like, tried this shit. Like, what gives you the fucking right? Oh. They'll probably think they're going to say, well, I'm a... You know, I'm an A-plus superstar. Doesn't matter. I'm, I'm a millionaire. Doesn't matter. Doesn't fucking matter. If she does not want you, move the fuck on. That's and, it. And, and most importantly, the, the one thing that really, really made me, like, have chills was most of the stories were underage. Yes. And I'm like, this is this, like, 
I know we said we were going to mention names, but Velveteen Dream. Yeah, a few months cut, ago, that's cut back up. A few months ago, he came up as an accusation. We now, talked about it on this podcast. We, did. we said we hope it's not true. We said and that on this podcast. Here we podcast. are about three, two, three months later, and now he has more accusations, and the new accusations brought proof. Yeah. And I'm like, we need to make sure that these people who are doing this shit are held accountable. And one of the best examples is how AEW responded to Sammy Guevara. Yes. And Jimmy Havoc. Who's very, also very, very well done. Basically, they, they said Sammy's um, suspended with Ope. Uh, so what happened was he made a, he made um, offensive comments towards Sasha Banks uh, because because offensive. Sasha Banks, like her and Chris Jericho were going back and forth about how their tag team match on NXT outdrew <laughs> the Sex Gods tag team match on AEW. And then Chris Jericho was like, yeah, you did, but you didn't get that 18 to 49 demographic. And it was like all cheeky and whatever. And then Sammy it's got in there funny. and then made some offensive remarks that really shouldn't I have been said. I don't want to repeat it. We're not repeating it here. And then Sasha called him, like, called him out on Twitter and then they talked. Sammy then went on Twitter, apologized, and Sasha said, like, we need to use this as a learning experience and hopefully he has learned from this and, and becomes a better person going forward. AEW then... What uh, you know the details? What did AEW do after that? They suspended him without pay, and then they said his salary will be going towards a woman's foundation. And he also has to go to counseling. Yes, and uh, they said that they will they will uh, approach his future with the company once he's done. Yeah, that counseling, and that's what it should be. And I give give a lot of props to uh, Sasha Banks the way she, she handled it. Very she could have definitely like got off. Yeah, yeah, but she handled it. She was a real pro. She with handled it, it so. Well, uh, and mega props to Sasha Banks. Um, we need more leaders too, like Drew McIntyre. Yeah. Put out a tweet as the world champion saying, "Enough's enough. It's yeah. time for a change." Yes. I'm like, "This is what we need. We yeah. need. We Broad, need more like, all the leaders. champions in all the fucking industry should be coming out and like like putting this down. Boost and TNA and and like everyone. Uh, I don't even know who the Ring of Honor champion is now, but whoever it is, uh, Nick Aldis should be coming out and saying, like, this is not acceptable. Oh, geez. Can we talk about that NWA situation oh, with Lance Storm? Oh, my goodness. Can we please give Lance Storm some props? Oh, Lance Now, Storm, you guys Storm. are more familiar with what happened more than I did. I was too busy so, researching all this other so, stuff. So, uh, the, the person who runs the NWA account on Twitter said, basically, that he's not blaming the victims, but, you know, if you get caught... In a bathroom or, or a hotel room with the wrestler, you're a rat, and you kind of know what's coming. So, so there's a gray area with being raped. Now, I, I, am, I am paraphrasing this. You can look it up on Twitter, okay? Uh, I, Dave will find it. He'll share it on, on our um, Call in the Ring Media Twitter uh, page. Uh, and then Lance came back and said, it doesn't matter if you're termed a rat, rape is rape and it never should happen. And he, and he said, like, basically, gigantic fuck you and I will never work with you again. And I, like, I had, I had the, you know, the slow clap. Like, good on you, Lance. Fucking give these guys help. So punch you in the face with that rat tail, man. So what you're saying is a professional <laughs> wrestling company, social media handle, used the term rat? Yes, air quote. It went air quote rat. Really? Rat. If you look look up my Twitter, and I should have a like on... Well, rat, like, what? Like, yeah. Was, was where, that where person that, referencing because ring rat? the origin of yes, that? that like, they're referencing rat? ring rat. That's what they're referencing. Really? Yes. One so, of the most, like, offensive terms in the wrestling So... Wow. So you're blaming a woman for wanting to meet 
somebody that she has a crush on or just a hero of hers. And they just the the guy in this case decides to take her to a bathroom, but it's still the woman's fault because she wanted to meet the guy. Like that's just fucked. Okay, so to no surprise no one, it seems that that, that tweet was deleted. Cause I can't find anything about it on oh. their page or Ben's page. Or oh, Ben's. there you go. go on. Uh, but someone definitely has screenshot. If you find uh, Lance Storms on Twitter, I think he actually. I just did. I, I was searching and he has, and there's nothing. There. Well, we'll oh, really? okay. we'll we'll find we'll try to find it in the break and then we'll come back to it. So I think the gist of everything we're trying to say is, let's all uh, make sure that if we know. That if a friend or a family member went through this, speak up for them. Oh. Be their mouthpiece. Oh, did you find it? Yeah, it's officially deleted. But Lance Storm's tweet is still here. Okay. So basically the way that Twitter works is when someone replies to something or responds, it'll save your it'll response. Save but if you click the link, it'll say this quoted tweet yeah. is unavailable. That's okay. Right. So what what Lance said, because I, I can read out what, what he said. Please he do. He said, sorry, but a big fuck you on this one. I don't care if someone is a rat... Air quote. Yeah. Passed out. I don't know why to keep doing that and not saying it. Uh, passed out uh, naked on a bathroom floor. Rape is rape. And fuck anyone who think or who even tries to say or think otherwise will never be working for you again. And that's the way it should be happened. And of course, NWE. Now, you know it's a bad fucking tweet when you delete what you said. That's called dirty deleting, by the way. Dirty deleting, oh, there's a term. Yeah, dirty deleting is where you, you tweet something comment something and then you delete it yeah. as if you're trying to show that you never said it that you were never a support of it yada yada so yeah it's called dirty deleting so good job for nwa for doing that so yes as i think as a society let's be better let's be anti-abusers just like you should be anti-racist not just not racist you should be anti-racist if you see shit like this speak up um okay for the, so we are all proud of everyone that spoke up in this moment uh and we support the hell out of you and and so that was NWA Legends? Yes. Okay, yep. so I just visited their the Twitter account for NWALegends.com. It says, official Twitter for Mid-Atlantic NWA Wrestling Legends Fan Fest weekends in Charlotte since 2004. Not affiliated with the NWA. So their profile is now locked. <laughs> which means that you can't see their tweets unless they accept your follow-up request. Because they got, they got blasted for, for tweeting something fucking stupid. Yep. So we have to also say that they're not affiliated with NWA. Okay. They're not. Well, Lance seems... isn't working with them anyways. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> that's wow. That's yes. Um, one. Just because there's such thing as freedom of speech doesn't mean there's not freedom of consequence. Okay. So if, if no you want to say whatever the fuck you want, get ready for people to say what the fuck they want to you. Right and back. Another tweet they put out on June twenty first, twenty twenty, at eleven thirteen p.m. NWLegends.com on Twitter says, I'm about sick of reading these hashtag speaking out pieces. I'm sure some are legit, and I feel bad for those folks, but a lot I've read mention hotel rooms and bathrooms. Not That's blaming the tweet. Victims, victims, but geez, if you, this is the one you're talking about? Mm-hmm. But geez, if you ended up alone with a guy in a bathroom or hotel room, you were a rat. And then Lance fires back. Holy cow. Isn't this that- is the problem with social media is people say social media is to blame. No. If you are an asshole and you go on social media, all it's going to do is make you a bigger asshole. Because um, you're going to be showing how much of an asshole you are. This body slam was going really long oh. because we got a lot to get off our chest. But 
I'm tired of people blaming other things for their inherent assholeness. <sighs> it's social media's fault. No, you're a fucking asshole. That's it. That's it. It has nothing to do with social media. You would have been an asshole in the 50s just like you are today. You're an asshole. That's it. So Stop blaming everything else. Stop blaming, like, fucking McDonald's and all kinds of crazy shit. Just take ownership of what you Look do. in the mirror. So yes. The, so the changes that we want to see is, A, more accountability. B, less assholes. B, being less assholes. Stop making excuses. And change the industry from what people think it is. Yes. It's um, not the industry. It's the people, some people within the industries. I'm not a religious man, but there's, like, they're... Treat others like you want to be treated. See, it's the ultimate golden rule. That, do, like, do unto others. Like, that, that is such a simple fucking rule. Would you like to be fucking uh, put in a closet and have somebody forcefully, forcibly insert themselves into you? No. Then don't fucking do it to somebody else. That's it. It's pretty simple. I can't talk about I'm not, I'm See, not a mathematician, but two two. Up. We love wrestling. Yes. We don't love this. We shit. don't like this shit. No, and this shit needs to go. It does not this, belong. But this is—it does not belong anywhere. This is—it does not belong anywhere. It doesn't belong in wrestling. It doesn't belong in fucking Hollywood. It doesn't belong in your fucking neighborhood. Just be nice, people. It's not hard. It—it's just not hard. Don't be an asshole. I'm gonna get a shirt that says that. <laughs> don't be an asshole. That'll I'll, be our. I'll take. I'll take a medium. That, that's gonna be. That's gonna be our first shirt for sale. <laughs> Don't be an asshole. asshole. On the back, don't be an asshole. Don't be an asshole. That's it. Love it. That's it. Do it. Let's do it. All right. Um, let's go to beneficial facts. Well, that's right. There's more. Yes. Jeez. Yes. <laughs> no, I have to follow that. I have to turn this around and make this beneficial. <laughs> just, just get me my shotgun right now. I don't have a shotgun. In case anyone's wondering. Okay. In your house, Revenge of the Taker took place April twentieth, nineteen ninety-seven. Four twenty, everybody. At the Rochester, at <laughs> there the, you go. At the Rochester Community War Memorial in Rochester, New York, in front of six thousand four hundred seventy-seven fans. Tagline for the in your house is "Revenge of the Taker." Nothing. Thank you. What? That's no. a tagline. That's Revenge sad. of the Taker and the Tombstone. <laughs> and, and he might true. earn it. Let's get ready to rumble. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I feel like we missed at least six sentences in there that we could have had. God. Uh, commentary is done by Vince McMahon, Jerry the King Lawler, and good old J.R. Jim Ross. Revenge of the Taker did did in fact sell out a .5 buy rate at 120,000 pay-per-view buys with a live gate of $87,414. Not bad. Uh, the free-for-all match was The Sultan defeating The Flash Funk in 2 minutes and 55 seconds. If you're going to start a show, might as well start with a squash. Goes absolutely nowhere. Yeah, baby. Following the main event, there were two dark matches for Coliseum video, mm-hmm. extra yeah. material, that kind of thing. I, I'm, I'm guessing. Look into it. I've always, I've always found that weird within your house is, is how weird. they have sh- like matches after like the presumed main main event. Like, how do you how do you follow up Brett versus Austin with yeah, really. with who was in the the following match? Uh, Furnace and Lafond defeated the Godwins in unknown time. How do you so follow that you up? Like, like the fans come off that high and they're just like, "What? Oh, okay. All right. Well, we better beat you." Oh, wait, there's two match. What? Wait. Why are Furnace and Lafond? What? <laughs> and then uh, Triple H defeated Goldust in seven minutes and twenty three seconds. So that was the actual main event. Yeah. Technically so, speaking, yes, it's the geez. last one. Jeez. 
Revenge of the Taker, along with Final Four and In Your House Degeneration X later on December of 1997 that year, were the three lowest pay-per-view by pay-per-views for WWF in 1997, all three of them being at 120,000 pay-per-view buys. Hmm. All right. Uh, Bret Hart has turned heel. Yeah, shut up that as a heel. What the fuck, man? He's turned heel. Following his win against Stone Cold Steve Austin at WrestleMania 13's iconic submission match, Brett tells all of his American fans that they can all kiss his ass. But everyone else around the world is still cool with him. In a skating promo on Raw the night after WrestleMania 13. So, he's a bad guy in America. I remember that. But he's a good guy everywhere else. That, that's interesting. That's a really interesting, like distinction that they did they Very actually original. they actually cultivated it it's not like i think it was a first it's not like now where where like you go to toronto and it's bizarro land and they're gonna cheer for whatever the fuck they want it doesn't matter what the stories are oh, you mean oh no, that wasn't toronto so i was gonna say where hacksaw started doing a usa chance that wasn't toronto <laughs> that's yes. was not, it toronto yes. okay that's not because really bizarro bizarro Hamilton for some reason because it was hacksaw facing earthquake who's a canadian yeah <laughs> do your homework. Do your homework. And Jesse Ventura calling him out for it was the greatest thing I've ever done. <laughs> oh, that was like, an idiot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he was an idiot. Oh, yeah. Uh, one, week, uh, one week later, we Brett, should, sorry, we should rename the tool of the night to the hacksaw of the night. The hacksaw award. <laughs> Just like we have the work The ho award. Ho! Uh, that, that could probably definitely take out of contact. Yeah, yeah. How do we not do that? Let's not do that one. Not after our yeah. yeah not after our, our previous twenty there. minutes here, Dave. Come on. I'm just gonna erase everything that we said. Give it no credibility. One uh, one week later, Brett would break up what seemed to be the ending of Bulldog and Owen Hart as a tag team and rallied the two to stand behind him, thus forming the embryonic phase of the new Hart Foundation. Love it. I encourage you all to check this promo and segment out. To me, it's one of, if not the best promo Brett has ever done. The storytelling, the emotion, and the execution was, shall we say, excellent. Ooh. Brett is really good at the shoot promos. Yes. Very good to shoot. Because promos. a lot of it was real. Yep. Use reality. Who would have thought reality would get over, right? Um, so Bulldog, Owen, and Brett, they're united as a family to teach the American fans of family values. Watch the promo on YouTube. It's superb work. Uh, um, it's refreshing to see Brett as a heel. It like, is. It, you know, it was kind of getting old. His baby face stick and just like, just solemn. The Cena feeling. Yeah, solemn like, worker. Just goes in, does his job, leaves. It's nice to see him be a heel. Mm-hmm. You know, it's fresh. The Undertaker's second title reign is already way longer than his first title reign. He's only had it for a month, and at this point, uh, but uh, it's already about four times longer than his first reign. I can't believe this is only Taker's second title know, reign right? at this point. I know. Like I it believe. just goes to show if you have a like if you like some some guys just don't need the title. I believe he only has six total. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like including the World Heavyweight Championship. Yeah. Yeah. Really. Is it six or seven? Six or I thought seven he had a four. run there, like from two thousand and five to like two thousand nine, where he held the title a bunch. Like it, it would have been two thousand seven like, to about twenty eleven. Yeah, like he just he reinvented himself coming yeah. off the the uh, biker gimmick. Yeah, and yeah, huh? Yeah, and Ole Anderson said the Master of Pain would amount to nothing. <laughs> Psycho Sid. He's going from WWE at this point, taking some time off. Softball. Softball season's underway. 
So oh, Sid is out. All right. But don't worry, guys. Sid's departure shouldn't shake, rattle, and roll you because the Honky Tonk Man has brought us a gift of biblical status. Rockabilly. Uh, we will talk about that later. Yeah. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> Jeff Jarrett is a liar. That's strong. You want to know why he didn't sing the song? How'd you know? Because Jesse James sang it all the way down. Exactly. He's the true double J. He did not. Jeff Jarrett did not sing with my baby tonight. Yeah. And I feel a little violated knowing this information. So who's with his baby tonight? Was it Jesse James then? Uh, well, uh, lots between them. <laughs> That's um, a whole different story there. We'd have to ask them, but chances are we're not getting them on our show. Oh, you didn't know? <laughs> so it wasn't him. The song was actually sang by Road Dog or just Double J Jesse James. Because a floundering, non-existent, shitty gimmick with Jeff Jarrett we're just gonna have Jesse gonna, James do it, and then that'll get over. We'll repackage it, baby. J E double S E, J A M E S. It doesn't. It doesn't flow. No, it doesn't flow. I like how you paused to make sure you have the spelling right. That was the best part. J A J double A M double E S. Jammies. Jesse Jammies. Oh my good. So. Yeah, so um, Double J, Jesse James, actually sings with my baby tonight when he comes to the ring. Yep. Fact. That's his new That's his new gimmick. And it's because of very lackluster characters such as this, Monday Night Tro- Monday Nitro has been winning the Monday Night Wars for 42 weeks at this <laughs> point. We are halfway through their 83-week dominance. we got another why. year to go. Well, yeah, with characters like, yeah, it's not hard to understand why. Mm-hmm. I believe the WWF needs to really analyze what they're producing, uh, and to me, it seems like they need to fix their attitude. Ha, 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 ha. Alright. Let's talk about Vader. Vader. It's time! He's a guy. It's time. Let's talk about Vader and Kuwait. Oh, okay. It's that time. So, Kuwait is where WWF went and had a small tour earlier in the month. About 10 days before around April 8th, April 10th. So, on a episode of Good Morning Kuwait, there's two special guests. Vader and The Undertaker, WWF champion. With the belt sitting in the couch, across the room from the host, Bassem Al-Othman. Okay. So, the first question Al-Othman asks... Is it fake? Uh, well, he didn't say fake, but he basically said, is this wrestling not real? Which basically is another way of saying fake. Oh, geez. So we have the Kuwaiti doppelganger to Bob Stossel. I just, like, even as a reporter, like, your, your job is to tough, ask the tough questions because you're trying to get a good interview. Right? Tough, but smart. But, like, when you look across the way... You have Vader and Undertaker. And you see Undertaker. I'd be... I'd be, like... I would take my chances with Dr. D. I'd, I'd be throwing up the juiciest of softballs for them to hit. What's your favorite like, meal? Yes, yes. <laughs> when you fly, do you like to sit in a window seat or an aisle seat? Like, I just... Do you be... wear boxers or briefs? That's it. That's it. I wouldn't ask anything tougher than that. Do That's you it. use paper or plastic when going shopping? Yeah. yeah. Easy questions. Easy questions. So, his first question was, is this fake? And according to other sources that I've read and heard many interviews from, that question was actually at the back of the list. But, but you just jumped it? 
but he jumped it. Cool. So, I want to die quick. <laughs> Why have a slow death, right? <laughs> so, Undertaker, to his credit, gave a very diplomatic, very professional answer of, um, you know, it's the most physical thing you'll ever do. It uh, takes a normal man, breaks him in half, and makes him a tougher man, and not everybody can do it. If you want to watch the interview, it's on YouTube. It's not hard to find. And then when uh, Al Othman pr- uh, proceeds to the next question, Vader interrupts him and says, I'd like to respond to the same question you just asked my esteemed colleague, the heavyweight champion of the world. And Vader was not so diplomatic. <laughs> he... Um, it basically <laughs> says that um, he takes offense to his question, and then about 10 seconds later, uh, the host is in Vader's hand, and the host looks like, like he just shit his pants. That's probably why he had to leave the set following uh, before the commercial break, because he probably had to go change his underwear, because I would if Vader grabbed me like that, just saying. And basically said, uh, does that feel fucking fake to you? Now, I do have it on the internet here. Bear with me. For this incident, Vader was charged with assault and use of obscene language. Swearing on Kuwaiti TV, huge offense. So, just to put it in perspective, if our show is in Kuwait, we'd probably all be serving a life sentence basically on the, based on the swears that we said on this episode times. alone. We'd all be homeless, and we'd probably be sent uh, service, serving like about fifty year sentences. All right, right cool. now. All right. just you know, just to throw it out there. But um, <laughs> Vader's arrest, when he was charged, fell on the start of a religious holiday, so all the courts and all the law firms are closed. Well, so Vader was trapped in Kuwait for two weeks, and. He was trapped at a six-star hotel slash resort that cost about uh, $600 a night. So in the end, you have to ask yourself the question, was he really punished? Really? I wonder what Vince thought of it, though. I wonder if he was okay with it. He just referred to it as a man in Kuwait when he was being detained. Yeah. Well, I wonder if he was okay with it because he's protecting the business. Like, the you know... The guy went after the business and... Yeah, different countries though, right? Because remember yeah. Jericho? In yeah. uh, Brazil, I think it was, where he got the flag? Yeah. Was that Whoa. Jericho or was that yeah, JBL? That was, no, that, no, was, was Jericho. Uh, that was Jericho. JBL oh. did the uh, salute. Yeah, JBL did the goose yeah. step. Jericho got the flag and that was yeah. a huge no-no. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So that's the thing, like, going to different countries, it's, yeah, you gotta, it's risky territories. Yeah. You don't know all the rules and the laws. So. Yeah. But at the same time, it's like, why are you asking a professional wrestler that question? Yeah. Like, it's a no one no no. Like, just don't do it. It's a mockery. It's offensive. It's disrespectful. Like, do you ask movies that? Like, <laughs> is it fake? Yeah, it's <laughs> fake. Like, you thought I was in fucking Vader. space? Vader. Six foot four, 400 pounds. Undertaker. 6'10, and looks like he could kill you by looking at you. Yeah. yeah. I think this question. Read, yeah. <laughs> read, read, read the room. Yeah, read the room. Read the room. Read the so, Honestly, I flirted with the idea of actually giving Bassem Al Othman the tool of the night <laughs> and actually giving Vader performer of the night because he he ended up with those with that well I, and like this is not even a punishment. Comparatively to the, the Dr. D Schultz, uh, he slapped him. Yeah. And Vader just held him. Yeah. So it's like 
<laughs> like, I'm sorry, like, getting slapped by Dr. D would hurt. Yeah. And even just getting grabbed by Vader would be mentally and emotionally terrorizing. It's terrorizing. That's right. <laughs> that's right. So, yeah. Oh, jeez. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, there, there's a lot of different takes from many different sources, like uh, Bruce Pritchard, uh, Jim Cornette, Vader himself. Um, he... But, I mean, they all lead to the same ending. He was detained in Kuwait, stayed at a six-star resort for <laughs> him, and returned a couple of weeks later to the States. Six-star resort, that's the Dave Meltzer special. Yep. Mm-hmm. For two weeks. Yeah. And, uh, Only it was a seven-star. If it was in Tokyo, it would have been a seven-star <laughs> resort. Yes. <laughs> so let's, um, let's close out beneficial facts on a high note, though. British Bulldog and Owen Hart's uh, Owen Hart held the tag team titles for 246 days. They only had one reign. But their one reign is 35 days shorter than the Dudley Boys' eight title reign days combined. Yeah. Back in that day, that's a good di- reign. It was a different time, though. Like, they're, playing... well, they're not far. No, no, but like, like that Attitude Era was playing hot potato yep. with the titles. Like, all titles. That's when, that's when the titles became a prop. Yeah, yeah, they were just playing hot potato with it. Where in this time they still meant something. They still like I guess to have a group good run. But that's on the way out. Yes, yes. Titles being meaningful. It's coming. Yes, and, and people keep on clamoring for that to come back. But then when a guy has a title for too long, they want it to change. So like, like AKA Kofi Becky Kingston. Lynch, Kofi Kingston. Uh, no, for too long. What's Seth, too long? Seth Rollins. It's like. What do you like? You want the titles to mean something, but now you're like, not nah, bored. Give it I to think what else. the fans want is they want their favorite stars to have one run of the title. Yeah. Like, oh, we, well, they did. They had Kofi, like, and then they and kept then, bitching about it. And then and then they changed their favorite superstar. Yep. Yeah. It was like, come on. <laughs> we like Mojo Rawley now. Wait, what? 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 Wait, what? Yeah. yeah. So honestly, like CM Punk with his uh, reign for 144 days. I love. That. I don't think you're ever gonna see that again. No, no. Not unless, they want, the last one. not unless they want to erase, erase someone else's history. Probably Drew, is. Drew yeah. should hold it for a long time, though. I He's like a great champion. I'd love to see it. He's a great champion. I'd love to see it. Believable. So, the Dudley, uh, Dudley's held the titles for a total amount of 281 days with all of their WWE title reigns. Hmm. To this day, the British Bulldog still owns the longest European title reign at 206 days. And was the inaugural champion defeating one Owen Hart to do so? Um, I I, I'm going to go out on the that one. That was a good match. And I think he's going to hold that record. Yeah. First ball up. I love how you. I just said this. he. I just said he. <laughs> no, but he's going to hold it forever. He's never going to be forever, ever, forever, ever, forever, ever. Yeah. Okay, so for me and the an outcast here, um, <laughs> these have been your beneficial facts for this week. Our first match of the evening is for the WWF Tag Team Titles. We got the Legion of Doom facing Owen Hart and British Bulldog. Owen and Bulldog are the champs going in. And LOD wins by DQ at 10 minutes and 11 seconds. But Owen Hart and British Bulldog retain the titles. Ben? Well, on paper, it's a good matchup. Yes. Um, I like the shoulder tackles that Hawk and Animal execute early in the match. Those look nice. They look really snug, really solid. Uh, that clothesline spot, the LOD due to Bulldog was weird. The front and back one, where one hits him from behind, one hits him. From oh, behind. that was awful. Uh, um, I didn't Hawk, understand that. Hawk was late. 
going. Hawk he was, was like, really like, and he drove me batty. Like, I don't know if he, I don't know if this is the time when he was going through, like, his, his substance abuse issues, and he was having trouble in the ring, but he was, he was late on a bunch of spots in this, and it was driving me up the wall. Well, uh, it, uh, another thing, I mean, it was nice to see Austin arrive after changing a tire. <laughs> um, right. I wish Pat Batterson wouldn't be such a jackass, according to Austin. Uh, but back to the actual match that, you know, is happening outside of Austin arriving at the building, which I'm sure they could have just made a separate segment for, but I know nothing. Um, nice sunset flip by Animal. Yeah, that stuck, that stuck out to me in this match. I actually, a guy of his size, very athletic. Overall, an okay match. A lot of confusing moments with <laughs> who the legal man is. Um, that that initial win, but then they called it back because Owen or the, was it Owen who wasn't the legal man. Owen wasn't the legal man. Yeah. Bulldog was the legal one, and Owen got pinned. And I kind of lost track of that whole thing oh, no, too. Vice versa. Oh, Sorry, vice it was it was Owen was the legal man, but Bulldog. Got oh, pinned. just sit together, Jesse. Sorry, you corrected him, and you were still wrong. I know. I should, <laughs> I should probably read my notes before I text him. It's not me man. for a change. God, you guys both ended up being wrong. God, does that mean you're right? I didn't say anything, so yes. This Te- world technically, up. by default, yes. This world is upside down. Yeah, it is right now. Twenty twenty. It's a but whole new world. I mean, I actually. I popped a little bit when the when they won the tag team titles, but then I was like, oh, they're going to do this shit. Oh, I see what's <laughs> going on here. Mm. And then, um, I, I mean, it's okay. I was kind of hoping it would be a little better. I gave uh, I gave it a .25. Which is? A D. D. Dave? Wow. So, my score a lot higher <laughs> and I'm going to explain my, my reasonings so going into an LED match I know to expect less I know just don't expect technicality don't yeah, expect, expect punch like, kick shoulder clothesline that's pretty so much so I know to expect an ultimate warrior type wrestling match yeah but I would like them to be on time <laughs> no not, not, not at this point in time okay um, so I was just focusing on the things that I did like because I'm like I know I'm not going to like this wrestling match Considering the styles are going to definitely clash, um, the only thing the only thing I felt that was good was the chemistry between strength and power for Bulldog versus either or. Mm-hmm. That worked well, but I knew I was like, Owen's too fast for these guys. Like the Enziguri, usually a beautiful freaking move that Owen does, but delayed reaction. Yeah. Um, but Davy lifting Hawk like he was a cruiserweight. Yeah. Like holy shit! Just done. Um, and I will say the pop was for the entrance. I love LED's music. I absolutely love... That's why they're my favorite tag team, because the music and their look. As soon as the entrance music hit, Dave was like, Hey! hey! <laughs> and then I go down, from go down from here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it starts um, high. Uh, Animal hits a beautiful power slam on Owen. Yeah, yeah it was. Beautiful. His knees hit the exact same time as Owen's back, so I was like, that was gorgeous. Uh, Owen's cell, after Davey gets pushed into him, and he flies out of the ropes. I laugh so hard because it looks so good. Like Owen, like literally rolled, flipped over, like between the ropes. And I was like, that looked really good. The reason I gave the match a B is I really enjoyed. Yep, I really enjoyed Davy and Owen. I just watching Davy's power. 
impresses me every time I see it. And then watching Owens selling, his bumping, and I was like, I just enjoy watching them work. Um, there, were, there were a couple instances, like you guys mentioned, where the timing was off. I, I feel this is either the beginning of Hawk's issues or it's the like he's in the middle of it. It's kind of then the continuation yeah. phase, I it's, think. It's it's really sad cuz you yes. cuz we're actually going to see it like yeah. increase. Well, at this I mean after 1992 after SummerSlam in England, like Hawk pretty much just kind of fucked off and did his own thing and yeah, pretty much just... left Animal and then there was I want to say Hawk went to Japan for a while and didn't take Animal with him, and so they had a little bit of a separation. And then '96 is kind of when they patched things up, got back together, and started getting things rolling again. And then, and now they're back. And then now they're here. Yeah. I so don't think the substance abuse things have really taken. You know how you were with ECW, yeah. where mm-hmm. you said don't go into ECW thinking or comparing to. Yep. That's yep. how I go into an LED. That's fair. That's I know true. what to expect, and I just appreciate what I see that's good. Like, li- watching Davey lift Hawk was just, it was crazy. Just um, crazy. I gave Hawk's him a match of guy. Uh, For me, <laughs> I, I think, I understand your point. Like, you go into it, you're not expecting a technical masterpiece, but Hawk should still have his timing down. No. You know, when you're trying to do a double clothesline spot, he should hit at the same time as Animal. Like, I will say that that finish move. was weird. Okay, so the so the finish really bothered ridiculous. me for a couple reasons. So... Hawk puts Bulldog on Animal's shoulders, and then he hits a top rope power slam on him. Like, it was... I didn't understand that. Like, there has to be a reason why they neglected to do the Doomsday device. Yeah. Uh, but they did it later. Yeah. So, I don't know. And then I'm like, oh, wait, pinfall didn't count, match continues. Now, what annoyed me, though, is that Owen and Davey start walking. And then the ref's like, oh, wait... Uh, it wasn't the legal man. Wouldn't the heels be complaining to make that happen? And then they're like, the match continues. And Owen and David are like, no, no, we don't want the match to continue. And I'm like, you just lost your, lost your tank tails and they're giving you a chance to continue to keep them. And you don't want to do it. Like, it just seemed really fucked up booking to me. And I was like, that doesn't make any sense. Like, I feel like, A, they should have had David and Owen complaining to make the the change and then they say no no we don't want to we're just taking your titles we don't want to go like we just want our titles but the way they did it was that Davey no one say nothing ref reverses decision says you have to come back in the ring or else you lose your titles via count out and they're like nah it's fine <laughs> well that's a great way to make your tag titles feel important like so did, did you did you emphasize the part where they were losing the belts yeah and it's just like that drove me batty yeah. and right there I was like this 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 can only be a D. It's not even going to get up to why a C. I didn't There's write no that down because I, I, the little intricacies like that. And, like, yeah, I'll leave that for Jesse. And and the finish was the second finish was even <laughs> fucked up. So they hit a Doomsday device yeah. on Owen, which looked pretty. Ref goes for the count, but has to pause because Brett is late. Yeah. The ref like like goes to get down and realizes Brett's not there, so he turns and he points at the corner with nobody there. And then Brett slides in. He's like, oh, okay. One, two. Oh, Brett broke it up. Who would have thought it coming? Fuck me, guys. Get your shit. Like, this felt like a WCW clusterfuck. Is what this felt like. D. So WCW still reigns supreme. Still reigns supreme. Just, just, uh, just in a different company. <clears throat> um, our next match is for the Intercontinental title. We got Sabio Vega facing Rocky Maivia. 
Maivia is the champion going in. And Savio Vega wins by countout at 8 minutes and 33 seconds, but Rocky Maivia retains the title. Dave, what were your thoughts? Uh, first thing I noticed was, holy cow, Rocky's hanging out a lot of arm drags. He does a nice arm drag. Yeah, I, I yeah. love them. I was yeah. like, okay, he has a quota. Right. Apparently he has at least eight arm drags. <laughs> Like, I, you know, Dynamite maybe, Kid. Maybe every match is like, we're going for the record. Yeah. Not tonight. Maybe. Dynamite Kid had a quarter of hitting at least two drop kicks in a match. That's true. Rock has eight for arm drags. Uh, there was a spot where Savio Vega hit a shoulder tackle but missed Rocky in the corner and bumped it. I thought it was pretty cool. That looked cool. I, I like that where he short tackled uh, the top turbo. Yeah, I, I, was impressed. I was impressed. I was impressed. I was impressed that he hit the top turbo because like it's a, it's a small space <laughs> yeah. to hit, and he hit it bang on and it did looked, a nice bump. Yeah. It looked pretty uh, rock bottom. We yep. got to see the rock bottom for the first time. Not reference yeah. as that. No, not not reference as that, anything. But yeah. we saw it. Uh, I gave the match a C because there was a lot of confusion towards the end, which I understand. Like the, the count I thought was stupid. Oh. I was like, there's so many ways you could have done this except for a countout. Yeah, especially um, when the last match did the same fucking thing. Exactly. But I just... did the same finish. I enjoyed the work rate before the finish, so I gave it a C. Ben? Uh, yep, sweet arm drags by Rocky, as Dave said. Um, okay, could we not learn about... Could we could we learn about the challenge for Rukas for Ahmed Johnson without the split screen? I can hear what you're saying on commentary. I don't need to see you. Preach, brother. Preach. That was so annoying. Take uh, so annoying. What fucking difference does it make? There's, yeah. there's five years in prison, Kuwait. Uh, <laughs> what fucking ten? ten. Um, <laughs> what difference does it make if you see him? Like, yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know how. Uh, why? Yeah. <laughs> I don't need and to see him doing break. anything. He was just leaning with like his head on his hand, and he's like, yeah. I'm gonna get all that. It's pretty, like, pretty anticlimactic. Thanks, Rook. If he was like putting on makeup on his face or yeah, something like that, I'd be like, okay, I wasn't. I didn't, just listen to that. I'm gonna get all that. Yeah, gesturing towards, <laughs> maybe gesturing towards Vince McMahon like he's gonna punch him, like something. But he was doing nothing. He was just like, yeah. So he was doing the physical comparison to Tommy Dreamer's commentary on ECW. Yes. Got it. Bingo, bango. Why are you there? Why are you there? Um, <laughs> Don't bother me. You're not an athlete. You don't know. I can't do commentary, Joey. Yeah, we know. But thanks, Tommy. Stopping. Hey, Bueller, you got anything to add to this? No, thanks. Hey, stop talking to me as I'm trying to commentate this match. Bueller, can somebody else borrow your headset then? If you're not going to actually speak into it, Um, back to the WWF. Well, we have the thing. uh, Hashtag speak out. There's other things we haven't spoken out about ECW yet. Um, Rocky does an awesome fisherman suplex. Or perfect plex, or rocky plex, or Maivia, whatever. I don't know. <laughs> um, or Maivia something. I'm trying to fish for other names for the fisherman suplex. Okay, stop, <laughs> stop. Throw me a bone. Come no, on, no bones. Um, then Savio does a pretty sick like roundhouse kick. Mm-hmm. I was just like, holy shit! And they're live too. I mean, they don't have a lot of time to practice this shit. I thought it was actually really well done. I was very impressed with that. Uh, spinning DDT by Rocky was well done. That Should needs be his to be his Should finisher. be his finisher. I agree with you guys wholeheartedly. Needs to be his finisher. Yeah. Um, Especially because the top rope crossbody. Oh, play it out. Everyone does it. In 97? Like, my God. It's the spear. Yeah. And he's just like... <laughs> and like, like, he's like... Oh. Yeah. Like, oh, I'm just like... Spirit Ooh. fingers midair. Yeah, exactly. I'm coming for you, Samuel. <laughs> <laughs> we love you, Rock. 
<laughs> yeah, The Rock's the man. <laughs> but shit, this is bad. The first time we see The Rock bottom, the last move we see in the match is Crush's heart punch. God, I hate that move. And that lost the match. Marks. And he killed him. Even killed when Undertaker did Rocky might be is dead. And he will be replaced by The Rock shortly <laughs> after the heart punch. Jesus. Perhaps they know each other. Um, this is the safest work I've ever seen Ahmed Johnson do. Doesn't do anything, so I was gonna say automatically categorize. There you go for that. Um, I gave the match a point five. Had Wait, so not- Ahmed's hug to Rocky was quite aggressive, though he could have hurt him, especially after taking the heart punch. Not a sensitive area. It's, yeah, it's true. But uh, it would have actually gotten point seven five had Crush just basically not been there and <laughs> basically if anybody from the nation of domination was just not there and it was just the two would have gotten to point seven five. i was actually pretty impressed with the match i do like how they so have what did you give it oh i give it a c I, I i remember as a kid liking the disciples of the apocalypse mm-hmm. i never thought they were really cool chains eight ball but watching crush right now is making me question what i was thinking as a child because <laughs> i'm just like i don't think i'm gonna like them now i do like how they have different um Raps for the people involved in Nation Domination. Yeah, like they came up with with them rapping to a Savio Vega. Yeah, like, that was, I'm like that was cool. Okay, I gave an F for fuck this match for many reasons. Number one, the side by side with Farouk okay. did not need it. If you wanted, to I can get it, behind that. Damn. If you wanted to do it once, sure. Six times, way too fucking many. Six uh, times. Six really? times I counted. Um. Rocky goes for his Rocky Johnson, you know, where he throws on his arms, he does this whole gesturing before he punches, and Savio didn't know what the fuck was going on, and he started to sell when he, when he like, shot on his arms to the side, and, and I was just like, holy fuck, you don't even know who you're working with. Like, he's selling punches that aren't there. There's... You don't know that. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> Maybe he got the wind. Yeah. Um, the match, to be quite honest, for me, was boring. Uh, crushes shit on the outside was the dumbest thing I've ever seen. He's there to help Savio Vega win the title, so he heart punches Rocky and causes a count out, and then Savio's like, dude, what the hell? And he's like, what? I helped you! And I'm just like, what? You really didn't. What? You like, crushed so that, Savio's like, dreams. I understand they're going for, like, this nation of domination, they're gonna split off these guys uh, eventually, I'm assuming. It happens in 97, right? I'm pretty sure. But this match, the execution was fucking god-awful. F. F, F, F. No good. Uh, next match, we got Jesse James, the true country music star. Of He's the, the true double J. Versus Rockabilly, the true champion of honky-tonk man who cannot dance. At all. <laughs> yeah, right? Fuck. Dave can dance better than... Soon we will, <laughs> make a, we will make a YouTube video of me doing Rockabilly's dance in the near future. Ugh. Jesse James so wins bad. by pinfall at 6 minutes and 46 seconds, which was about 6 minutes and 45 seconds too long. Ben, what were your thoughts? You know what is funny is I have the most notes on this match than any other, <laughs> any other match on this card. You do. And they're not necessarily good. Um, so what a monumental uh, character facelift for Billy Gunn. He goes I, from wearing... Oh, I thought you were going to say failure. Well, <laughs> well, well here, here, listen. I mean... Okay. Uh, he goes from wearing blue jeans and brown cowboy boots to wearing black jeans and black cowboy boots. That's huge. And dancing. You forgot about the dancing. And dancing. That's huge. huge. I thought he was trying to, like, scratch his back or wipe his ass. One of the two. He just couldn't so reach. So you have, you have a guy doing a dancing gimmick named Flash Funk. And they're like, no, 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 no. We need to have two of these going at one time. 
Who can dance? One can dance, one can't. Billy Gunn's hiding behind the, the, the curtain so they don't see him because he knows he can't dance. Like, Billy, you can dance. Get on out there. You like, know what happened was he was hiding and he tripped. He was like, me. <laughs> and they're like, oh, Billy, you got it. Look at that dance room. <laughs> He's we like, did. no, no, no. I felt. Oh, okay. I got it. <laughs> oh, my God. So, Honky Talk Man has sure found his protege, the one, if you will. Stop. Just stop. <laughs> You're making an ass of yourself. Well, yeah, I mean, you stop too. Oh, damn it! <laughs> B- Billy punching Honky Tonk from that first offer he made before made Honky Tonk see Billy Gunn as the badass he really is. Do you legitimately <laughs> write these down? I think of this shit and I write it down. Like, oh I swear, Kim doesn't sleep because I know you will hate it. Like I guarantee, his fiance doesn't sleep. She's like. Listen to this. What do you think about that? It's Billy not Gunn. that bad. And then, and then he has to explain it. It's funny because it's not you gotta watch wrestling to understand. Yeah. Yeah. It's not that bad. Puts in the videotape. You see, badass Billy Gunn. And, and this puts in the videotape. Not no, 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 on YouTube. No, no, no. He puts the videotape. He gets up the VCR, rewinds it. Like sits there and is like, hold on, hold on. We'll get to the part. Oh, it went too far. Hold on. Fast oh, it's in the tape. It's in the tape. Slow down. <laughs> It's not that bad. <laughs> I use DVDs, not VHS. <laughs> so Double J's legend of nobody giving two shits about him continues. Oh man, the crowd did not care for this. No! Thing. They did not even nobody, react. No, nobody reacted to either. To nothing. To nothing. Not even the honky-tonk man. They're like, this is nice. Can we move on, please? With my baby tonight, is still catchy, though. Yes, two degrees. It is. To a degree. I'm not going to lie. Like, I hear it, and I'm like, yeah, okay. <laughs> okay, the match itself, I actually didn't mind it. The two were actually pretty crisp together. The goofy character shit after a few minutes actually became funnier as it went along to me. That's just me. But, yeah, I know, right? Imagine <laughs> imagine Jesse James and Billy Gunn having chemistry. Oh, you didn't know? It's a new age. <laughs> You guys are just fucking brutal with these. It's pipes. not my fault they have multiple gimmicks. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad it didn't go too long though. But overall, nothing too much to really complain about. Like I, I found these two actually had chemistry together. I actually gave the match a C. Dave. Hmm. Zero reaction for Rockabilly. Not a good sign. No. No. Not what a good expect? sign at all. Even I was like. I knew even, he was even when he, came, still even when he came out and he was like trying to dance and he's like flipping out his hands like he's the, the Fonz or something. I'm like, what the, the, like, what the fuck? He comes out of, uh, of, of the Fabulous Freebirds. Was that what it was? Yeah, okay, okay. <laughs> yeah, and I'm just sitting there I'm like, does he know how to dance? I don't no. know if he does. No. <laughs> need to bring Chuck. Uh, there, there's more fan involvement in this match in an empty arena match. There's zero fan interaction, and like I said, for me, the fans are everything. Jesse James did a nice dropkick at one point, and the fan, I think I heard one fan go, hey! <laughs> it was like, really? When you hear Billy Gunn yell as he's taking a uh, hip toss... That was funny. Whoa! Like, <laughs> <laughs> I, I laughed over Billy Gunn, that. though, like, I honestly feel he could have been a world champion, because his in-ring ability is so good. It is. So, like like Ben said, the, the fans didn't care, but they still worked hard, but I still gave it a D, because the overall experience was not good. I gave this match an F. I know the guys worked hard, but 
The gimmicks were fucking brutal. <laughs> oh, it's terrible. Fucking brutal. Why is WWE winning? The I don't crowd, understand. The crowd did not care. Honky Talk Man was brutal. Um, they give a dancing gimmick to a guy who can't dance. Like, I just can't get past that. Like, what did Billy do in the back that Vince is like, this is going to be funny. Let's make this guy dance. Like, <laughs> was, what, like was it punishment? No, Jesus. You may as, you, you could have given him polka dots, too. I'm just saying. Just go all the way. And the Red Rooster haircut. If we're gonna, if we're gonna like, uh, but that's not a rib. Oh yeah, according to Bruce. Do so you want them to hit randomize on creating a character? Yeah, man. <laughs> yeah, man. It's uh, quite randomized. So the uh, the finish was Jesse James reverses a headlock into a small package to win. That's the epitome of the match. That's how it ends: a headlock into a small package. Yeah. Yay. No F. finishers, nothing. F. Fuck this match. It would have been funnier though uh, after the match when Honky Tonk goes for the guitar shot. And actually hits the turnbuckle, comes back and like demolishes on his own head. I, I would have gave it a one if that <laughs> happened. Our next match was supposed to be for the number one contendership, but because Owen and, and Davey attacked Steve oh, Austin God, earlier in the night, Gorilla oh, gives Austin more time to recuperate. So we have the WWF title next. Mankind facing Undertaker. Undertaker is the champ going in, and he retains the title by pinfall at 17 minutes and 26 seconds. Dave, what were your thoughts? Um, expected bumps that were brutal for Mankind. That Holy head, crap. that head first bump into the into the table, and I was just like, fuck. Like, <laughs> nobody teaches you to take a bump like that. No. Oh, in, in this case, if you're getting slingshot off the apron, you definitely should. Go with your head down through the table. That's yeah, the safest way. I call it the ostrich bump. <laughs> like right? the ostrich goes into the sand. That's what. Right. He, oh. Like add, oh add, my god! Like it'd be funny on a YouTube video to add like a water sound. Boop. Yeah. Like a bloop. <laughs> like, just to make it somewhat comical because that was hard to watch. But beyond that, though, the spot where I cringed the most was where Taker threw him back first against the guardrail. Yes. Twice. That spot, I was like, oh my god. Yes. Like mankind. Like, I feel so bad giving Mankind anything less than an A for his matches because of the things he does for our entertainment. Like, it's just like, you put your body through hell, and I feel wrong. But, uh, did you guys see when Taker went for the old school? And, and, and he Mag- slips because the ropes are so damn loose. Yeah, and, and then Mankind backs up, and I was like, whoa, that was weird. But then Undertaker launches himself and does a diving clothesline. And I was like, that was fucking pretty. Good yeah, save. He should have fucking done that the entire time. When he, when he compressed down to get like the, the like, momentum, yeah. he slipped. Because yeah. the rope went... So I was like, that could have been disastrous for either orb, but it ended up looking pretty. Yeah. Like, that's a pro. Yeah. Like, that's a pro. Um, Okay. We know what happens later on in research with CTE. I cannot stand chair shots to the head no more. No. Like, I can't no. watch them. Knowing what we know now. Especially yeah. when they're unprotected. Yes. And mankind... They're going to get so much worse, like, too, just, dude. They're going to oh, get so much worse. Oh, just wait rock. Should we talk about I quit? Yeah. Oh, what, yeah. That like, match, but, just, like, it's going to be in, like, every match. I just can't do it. Like, Ugh. I cringe. I hit the 10-second forward buttons. I'm like, I, I can't watch this no more. But overall, I gave the match a B. I thought it was a lot of fun to watch. I, I love this rivalry. It's so underrated. People don't mention it much, but they should. Yeah. And it only gets worse from here in regards to, like, spots. Craziness, yes. And bumps. Ben? Does Mankind just make it a quest to go on into, like, psychotic overdrive when executing spots with Undertaker? Rock has a quota for Andres. He has a quota for dangerous spots. 
with Undertaker. Yep. Yeah, especially with Undertaker. With Undertaker only, he doesn't do it as much with other guys. No. Well, there's that one match with Rock, which we'll, well see later. on the left. But as of now, <laughs> well, and his, his battle with Abdul the Butcher was pretty fucking <laughs> in WCW. That, that was pretty nuts. Well, I never saw that one. Yeah, we we Did reviewed we? some of the pay per views. Abdul they, and Mankind. Yeah, they had like two or three. It was at the end of like '93 or something mm-hmm. like that. That was a while ago. Wasn't it when they tried to kill Abdullah in that that cage of fear? Oh like, shit! Yeah, put the lever broke. <laughs> Thankfully, I'd forgotten about that until you brought it back up just now. Now I'm going to have to think about WCW, that WCW, baby. Yep. The things we've seen. <laughs> Seriously, like, nine out of ten times, his spots are just over the top. Like, just, oh my fucking god. Yep. Um, I like this match better than the Survivor Series match. Because Survivor Series one just kind of seemed like it was okay. This mm-hmm. one was back to their normal standard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I mean, what I like about these two is... See, with Undertaker and Mankind, it's very, very unique in the sense where... These two have a match and to see who survives. Whereas, like, Undertaker and HBK, later on, it's to see who wins. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This one, it's to survive. That's what I like about these two. Uh, the standout part of the match is Mankind going head first through the announce table, which made me go, holy fuck, Mick... Jesus Christ, you have no idea how many problems this is going to make for you later on, man. Yep. But oh, do, no, do, no I, think, I think he knows how many problems, but he's just like, got to do it for the fans, man. That's what he's always been about. Okay, the, the fireball to Paul Bear's face is how you execute that spot somewhat properly. Don't. Hogan! No, don't do that. Maybe Hogan didn't have videotape <laughs> of it and didn't know how to do it. There was no YouTube tutorial back then. Yeah, Ben. Jeez. No one probably taught him. Just like no one talked over to the wrestler. I don't know how I could defend this. That that that, that Warrior Hogan '98 <laughs> Halloween Havoc match. Oof, I can't wait to review that. Um, I'm gonna we're gonna invent a new score for that one. <laughs> <laughs> it's DF double fuck this match. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think can we give like negative? We might have negative to. D. Or well, <laughs> negative I don't, D. I don't, I don't know if we can because there's been really bad matches that we haven't. I think we've said that the that the floor is is zero. <laughs> no, I might give them negative point, but uh, real aggressive, very intense, good story, and another gem by these two. Back to their violent, like extra violent, we're out to destroy each other type story. I gave it a B. I also gave this match a B. These two create magic together. Oh, their characters Every time. mesh so well. Uh, I love how as soon as Taker comes in the ring, he doesn't even do his step thing. He just gets in the ring and starts fighting mankind. Yeah, like they just they hate each other, and I I love that kind of stuff. Fuck you. Uh, no, fuck you! Yeah. Uh, I also love how, at the end, uh, Taker, after, after Mankind goes through the goddamn table, Taker brings him in, hits the choke slam, and then fucking Mankind kicks out. Yep. And it just shows how tough that he is. And Taker's like, like he kind of likes it. He's like, seriously? <laughs> and then he hits the tombstone, gets the win. But this match was all kinds of entertaining uh, beat. You can hear the fans actually cheering for Mankind a lot more, yeah. too, because they're starting to How get behind him. How do you hate him. a guy yeah. that, that does this for you? Yeah, exactly. Uh, the main event of the evening is the number Daddy. one contenders match for the WWF title. We got the Bret Hart. The Bret Hart. Bret Hart. <laughs> Bret Hart. You sound like Pat Patterson. <laughs> and the and Bret Hart! The Bret Hart! It's like, yeah. a, it's like a Twitter account, the official Bret Hart. That's right. <laughs> Facing the official Steve Austin. <laughs> And Austin wins by disqualification at 21 minutes and 9 seconds. Ben, what were your thoughts? 
Okay, here's the problem with the match, and it's got nothing to do with anybody that's involved in the match. Their first match they had with each other, Survivor Series, was so freaking good. Then they had their WrestleMania match, which topped their first match. But, I mean, at that point, how can you possibly top that performance? So, unfortunately, they're almost backing themselves into the corner where they're all they're going to have is mediocre matches with each other. But it's it's tough to say that, too, because their matches are good. Like, I still gave it a B. Mm-hmm. Like, I liked the match. I thought it was really well done. But any match that these two have together now is going to fall short of that it's mark. Compared, it's compared to the other two. Yeah. And how do you live up to that? And, I mean, yeah. I, they're so good together that it's almost to a fault going forward. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which, again, I feel really bad for saying, but... Yeah, like how do you how do you top WrestleMania 13? Mm-hmm. And I think they should have maybe given it a rest at this point too. Like still butt heads, but having another match right after that match at WrestleMania 13, I was like, uh, now you're entering the territory of maybe too much of something isn't necessarily good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Less um, is more. Yeah. Let, let, yeah. Which is crazy to say because like these two, there's nothing wrong with this match, but we're still no. like, oh, okay, maybe it's time for no. it to go away. You know, like it's just funny. But I mean, I'm saying that almost to like they should almost save themselves the trouble from being painted in those colors. Because mm. Jackie Chan said in Karate Kid, "Too much of something, no good." Okay, I just, I watched it like two days ago, so it's still stuck <laughs> in my head. I'm like, um, I don't remember that scene. Yeah, with, is this the original? Ch- uh, no, it's with Jack Chan. So with Jaden Smith. Yeah. Oh. Have you seen that movie? No. Never seen oh. never. It's good. No. I recommend it. I watched the original Karate Kid. Well, the original Karate Kid so much. We're off the rails. Um, <laughs> That's a different different episode. That'll entirely. be next beneficial facts. Uh, karate <laughs> Kid compared to Jackie Chan's Karate I don't know. Um, but I like the match. It was a good story again. I mean, Austin was hurt, so go after the injury. Yeah, mm-hmm. easy psychology there. Um, Brett working as a heel, weird to watch for the first time, but same time is again refreshing. Yep. Um, they're really getting behind Stone Cold. He's gaining more and more momentum as uh, things go. Um, I like I like the match. It was. Uh, I'll just come out and say it like ripping off a band aid. Wasn't as good as the first two. Dave. Okay, I love the immediate aggression, which is like the. And that's been their go-to this whole rivalry is immediately just get right into it. <clears throat> Every move and spot had a purpose. Yes. And I love that about Bret Hart's matches and his matches with Steve Austin as they both understand psychology and just as everything served a purpose. Uh, the spot where Bret suplexes Austin Suplay. from the apron into the ring was so well done. Yeah. So there's times where they can look botchy. You can't, you know, you're fatigued. You can't lift him up high enough too fast. But it was just perfectly executed. Uh, the sloppy pile driver spot, at first I was like, what the hell was that? But I was like, oh, wait so a minute. Neat. It's a sore, it's a storyline thing. I thought Got that it. too. I was like, what the I was fuck like, what the hell is that? I'm like, oh. Because oh. the commentators immediately said it. Yeah. And then he was selling it when he was crawling away. I was like, okay. I actually give extra points for that. There you go. Because they got me triggered. And, and like, then he took it away. Oh, it's the storyline. <laughs> they disarm. It's the small things that really count. And then, um, because of that, I give the match a B. I freaking loved it. 
I it wasn't as good as the WrestleMania 13 one, obviously. Yeah, but it wasn't the worst. I also gave the match a B. Uh, again, echoing your guys' statements, the intensity was great, the psychology was great. Um, Brett doing the figure four on the ring post and then referencing that he did it to Sean and like it's kind of his his gig now. Uh, what I didn't like, I thought the finish was kind of fucked. Um, so Austin has Brett in the sharpshooter and then Bulldog comes down and hits Austin with a chair. And then Brett is fine with it. And like he doesn't like get mad at Bulldog and I'm just like I don't know. Like I feel like they should have done something a little bit different. Because Steve won. Yeah. So now Steve's the number one contender, and then and then like Bulldog gets chased off by the refs, and then Brett goes after Austin again, and then Austin knocks him down, puts him in the sharpshooter after the match. So like you're really hammering home that Brett is now a heel. But I just thought the finish was kind of fucked. Like why wouldn't why why can't you give Austin the clean win? It's like it's like what you said in the first match with with uh, Owen and Davies. Like, not caring. It's like, yeah. they don't care about the titles. They just want the respect. Yeah, exactly. It's like and furious ass. And Brett, Brett, is, Brett is going just to beat up Austin, which is fine. But then, but it's for the number one contendership, who, which Brett has referenced is like, his big thing. And Bulldog costs him. And it, it, it's, you know, <laughs> if you want Bulldog to cost him, okay, and then they beat the shit out of Austin. But then Austin got the upper hand after the match. So I didn't understand that part. Like, I didn't... Why not give Austin the clean win here? You had Brett beat him at Survivor Series clean uh, with the, the Roddy Piper finish, you know, off the turnbuckle. And then Austin doesn't really lose at Mania, looks like a hero, and then have him win clean. Like, Brett doesn't need... If, if Brett's not going for the title at the next pay-per-view, have Austin win clean. What's the... You know, and then have... And then after Austin wins, have Bulldog and Owen come down and just fucking lay him out. You know, be the heels then. Like, I don't know. So that, that kind of... Perturbed me a little give, bit. Give Austin a little momentum going into the yeah. title match. At least make him look formidable. So, but I gave the match a B. It was good. It was a good match. Not as good as their last two, but still good. You know that that's like that's like like it's like oh, it wasn't as good as those those two other great lobster dinners I had. It's only like a regular lobster dinner or something. Like it's well, just it's like just shit. It. Like still great stuff. You know, still lobster dinner. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Alright, so now we're going to do the workhorse of the night tool tonight and our score. Dave, go ahead. Okay, so my workhorse, oh, I gave to Davey Boy and Owen. Okay. I thought they entertained me the most in that opening match. The, all the other matches were pretty easy to pick. So I was like, I'm going to pick something that's not easy, and I picked uh, Owen <clears> and Davey. My workhorse, sorry, my, my tool, I gave to Rocket Billy. I'm sorry. Because you can't dance? You you received immediately no reaction, which I can understand because it was a quick, like, oh, well, you're going to have him punch Honky Tonk, and then you're going to come out and be his saving grace, if you will. That's right. But then, I'm like, the match just got worse. There was yep. no fan reaction to the whole match. So I was like, okay, this gimmick is not working. And my t- overall score, I gave 6 out of 10. Ben? It's amazing that Rockabilly's gimmick isn't working before he even does anything in the ring with it, eh? It's dead. That's what um, you know, you got a bad fucking gimmick. Like he came out and everyone's like, you know what it reminded me of? Like, for like, absolutely no reaction is, is Oz. Oh god. When Kevin Ash came out and they, they had... Everyone's confused, they're like... And, and the crowd's sitting there and they're just like, what the fuck is going on here? Like, nobody knew and like, he, he took off the, the, the head or whatever and it was Kevin Nash or Oz or whatever. 
And people are like, oh, okay. Sure. <laughs> you know, like, not good. Not good at all. My score was uh, five and a half out of ten. My performer, or my workhorse of the night was Mankind. Mm -hmm. And my tool was Crush. Easy, easy pick with him. Uh, my workhorse, I gave to Steve Austin. Uh, I did like, I liked a lot of the things he did in that match. Anybody in the last two matches, you could have used. Yeah, picked. exactly. I, I had a trouble picking, to be quite honest. Almost, it was almost Undertaker. Uh, Tool was Farouk slash the cameraman direction in that match because it drove me up the wall. What, what, so we'll, give an, we'll give an honorable mention, though, to the uh, guy who was doing the interview segment backstage with Brett Owen and uh, Davey. Who the fuck was that guy with the hairdo? I don't know. They said his name, and I was like, I've never seen this guy but before. Look at that guy's hairdo. I was like, he's, he's, he's in the running, just with the hairdo. But continue. Uh, and I gave this pay-per-view a 3.5 out of 10. I did not like this. There's a couple uh, in there. To me, if you're going to watch anything, you watch the last two matches. The first three, you can skip. They're useless, in my opinion. So That has been our episode for this week. We will be back next week, and hopefully um, our body slam won't be as angry and... Angry as it was this time. <laughs> angry and angry. I can't even think of another word for it. Uh, we will try to find the um, Heart Foundation promo and the Kuwait video to put in our Facebook and Twitter uh, so you can see them. Next week, we, we will be reviewing WWF In Your House 15, A Cold Day in Hell. No, no WCW again? Nope. I like this trend we're going into. But WCW's after this. Nah, so call back. Um, uh, the main event is Steve Austin facing The Undertaker for the title. And uh, just to finish things off, I think uh, combined with all of our swears we've said, I think we're, if we all went to prison right now in Kuwait for swearing on a radio show slash TV, whatever, any type of media, media, media thing, I think we're looking at like 400 years. I think if there's a death penalty, we're, we're in line for that. We, we went, oh, we would have been killed. Our ashes would have been... Taking it over and above. Burned. How do you guys feel about this for a top five? Oh, here we go. Something from Christopher Olsen. Have you guys done top five career-defining moments or matches? For who? For anyone, I guess. That we felt like these matches built these characters. Oh, that's let's do that. Career do career makers. Career so making matches. Career making matches. Top five career making matches. We're all writing this down. Top five career-making matches. I wrote tough P. Top P. <laughs> top five career-making matches. Well, Zack Ryder winning the IC title in the last. Well, that that made his career. Sure. Got pushed off. Hogan the versus Ultimate Warrior. Alan Havoc. <laughs> <laughs> it made that ref's career. That's for sure. On a serious note, Rey Mysterio Eddie Guerrero. Halloween Havoc. Uh, Rey Mysterio would have been on the map. No, nah, Eddie Guerrero wasn't. He was a U.S. champion before that. Yeah, we'll really discuss. We'll discuss this next. We're really on the map yet. So that's been our episode for this week. Have a good one, everybody, and stay safe.